Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Welcome to New Life Live. This is Chris Williams, and I am in the host seat. I'm in the driver's seat today, and with me today, I have Dr. Alice Benton. Hi, Chris. How's it going? Having a great morning so far. Good. And Dr. Jacqueline Mac Harris. I use the full name. Yeah, I love it. Official. How are you you doing today? I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. Glad to be here. It's great to hang out with you guys. And uh, yeah, I have the doctors in the house. Yeah. So... I, I won't say that that gives me an inferiority complex <laughs> or anything like that. Well, but your, I know of a really cool DMFT program. Yeah, right. I know. I know. I, I, I hear. I hear it has really good professors too, Doctor yeah. Mac Harris. So, but hey, here I'm here to talk today. We're coming up, bumping up against the holidays mm-hmm. coming up this next week. You know, coming up. You know, we did Halloween, but one of the things that holidays do is one, they create a lot of expectation mm-hmm. and what what they should be and how people should behave. And, um, and, and it creates this ideal picture. But unfortunately, there's oftentimes an, a, a gap between what is ideal and what is real. We have all of these movies coming out, you know, the Christmas and the holiday movies, and, and they present this oftentimes this ideal picture, and then we have this, you know, this, this real experience. And for many of us, the real experience can come with some heartache. And one of the heartaches that really the holidays tend to trigger a lot of is the heartache of loss, yes. is that the holidays tend to remind us not just of who's there, but who is not there. And so as some people may be coming off into fresh or maybe historical losses, you know, a loved one, a a spouse, a child, a a grandparent, whatever the case may be, what is the guidance? What is the wisdom for those who are experiencing grief and loss in the holiday season? I encourage people to find what they need. So first sit with themselves and figure out what are they feeling? Mm. Um, Give themselves permission to explore the memories Mm -hmm. of the loss, the the loved one. If it's a loved one, sometimes it's it's a loss in terms of like maybe they lost a job. And so now the holidays are around and they're struggling financially and can't do a lot of the things they want to do. So I'm encouraging people to look at their situation, sit and reflect on their story Mm. And then decide how they want it to be different. If you're reflecting over loss, sometimes you you just need to be sad, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, you know. Um, oftentimes we need to be around others, and mm-hmm. are there safe others that you can be with that you can um, tell the stories of that loved one that you're so you know missing. Or do you need to be alone and maybe mm-hmm. do some journaling, some reflecting, some praying, some meditating? Uh, I just, I just encourage people to figure out what do you need, yeah, and then go for that. So, so often people will come and tell you what they think you should do. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that doesn't work for everyone. Well, and, and the, going back to the expectations, you know, you got to show up to dinner and you got to show up to this event and you got to be happy, you know. And it's like, ah, oh, maybe that's not going to fit. Nope. So. Alice, what do you think? Well, we do some proactive pantry checks before the holidays. Do we have the food, the ingredients that we need? But are we doing these proactive heart checks, which is what you all are talking about? Because we can prepare in advance for the grief or the conflict we'll Mm -hmm. probably face on Thanksgiving and on the coming holidays. That's really good. Thank you guys for that. It, It really does require us to have the courage to respect. What I hear you guys saying is respect what you're experiencing and then get your needs met. And, and because if they don't get met one in, in a healthy way, we're going to meet them in an unhealthy way. That could look like over drinking, overeating, all kinds of different things. So this holiday season, give the gift of yourself and your needs and let us help you here at New Life. If you want to talk to us, give us a call today, 1-800-229-3000. And we'll be right back right after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. I just want to remind, especially the guys out there, if sexual acting out, if, if, you, if you're struggling with some sexually broken areas of your life, and, and, and listen... You can hide them for only so long, but they will show up. And they're actually showing up in ways you may, may not be aware of. But it never that story never ends well. And so let's interrupt the bad story. Get into Every Man's Battle Workshop. It's in Dallas on December 2nd. Go online, www.newlife.com. Register today. Or if you need to call someone, you need to talk to someone on the phone, find out more about it. That is 1-800-NEW-LIFE. But this really is a phenomenal opportunity to reset your life, reset your relational behaviors, your sexual behaviors, to get healthy. Again, if this is a historical struggle, do not go into 2024 with it. Let's put an end to it in 2023. So again, sign up today for Every Man's Battle. With that, we're going to go to the phone. We're going to go to Dennis in San Antonio, Texas, who listens to us through the podcast. Dennis, are you there? Oh, yes, sir. I'm here. Hello. Is this Dennis? Yes, this is her. Okay. Talk to us. What's going on? So I had a question on, like, if you have children outside of marriage, and then when you get married to someone and you have a family with them, like, do you just disown the two kids that you had with the other two women that you had kids with? Because now that you're married... Well, that depends on who you are. Has that happened? Have you yes. had that experience? Yes. So then the answer is, yes, they did do that. What's it? What's the experience been like for you? Well, it wasn't for me, but, like, I was just, like, concerned as far as, like, how did, like, if you disown your two other kids and have no communication or nothing with them and like move on with your life like I mean is that something like in the Bible where it says like now that I have a family and I'm married and now I'm doing everything the right way like I can't have anything to do with these two other kids that I had kids with there's nothing in the Bible that says that no And, and Dennis who are you in this scenario are you one of the kids that was disowned 
Yes. Oh, oh, what a heartache. Could so you are that your father disowned you when he married someone else other than your mother. Right. And how old were you when that happened? I want to say like maybe nine or ten. Wow. Have you you've not had a uh, relationship with him at all since then? You just like cut off, like and, we, and everything was like okay. Like I would see him all the time, every day. Like I had a relationship, and then when he got married, communication got cut off, oh. relationship got cut off. Like mm. no telephone, nothing. Well, Dennis, that is the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches us and what the Bible shows us. We see so many times that children are born out of wedlock. If I could go as so far as to say this, our Lord and Savior was born out of wedlock. Right? I mean, the angel, Gabriel, had to, had to talk Joseph into staying and be like, stick this out, man. This is the, there's a remarkable story you're going to be a part of here that doesn't quite make sense. Because what has happened to you is a real and very, very significant trauma. You know, the, in, in our DNA, whether we get this experience or not, but it's still in our DNA, we carry father and mother with us. And, and, and that's reinforced when we actually have the experience of mom and dad being around and loving us and guiding us and showing us, regardless, because you didn't choose the circumstances in which you were born into, right? Right. You also didn't choose the partner that your dad remarried. Right. Yeah, these are all things happening to you. And I think what oftentimes happens is when traumatic experiences are happening to us and they don't make sense and the pain is real and the confusion is overwhelming, we try to make sense of it. And what your question was a form of gaslighting. It's, it, it, it's a form of over-spiritualizing a painful experience. Oh, is there a spiritual or religious justification? Mm -hmm. Is there a biblical justification for this pain? No, there's not. There's actually, I mean, justification for the, you know, for the action. But no, there is reason for the pain. And you deserve so much more from your father who unfortunately is not able to give it to you. And if... if anyone's ever said to you well he now has a new family and and it's you know he's doing trying to do things the right way um as an excuse for him cutting you off you you just have to know that that has nothing to do with jesus that has nothing to do with god that is not biblical in any way that is someone else's excuse and way of trying to make it make sense it's someone failing to live up to their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. don't let his choices neg continue to negatively impact your story. You are valuable. You are necessary. You do matter. You are enough. I know a lot of times when we don't have our fathers around, um, we wonder why wasn't I good enough for mm -hmm. him to stay? Why doesn't he love me? It, and 
you being born out of wedlock, one, wasn't about you, and two, doesn't make you any less Mm -hmm. valuable than anyone else. But you have to know that. And sometimes we don't know that because our parents weren't there to tell us. They didn't teach us that we matter. And so um, we we go to God and and we let him walk with us through those hurt places and, and kind of fill that space for us. But it's hard to go to God to fill that space when you feel like God is taking your parent away. Yeah. And so I'm really glad you called and asked that question so that you can have clarity that this is not God's doing, not God's request, not God's requirement of your father. This is a choice that he and probably his new wife made. Um, yeah. And has nothing to do with you. You absolutely deserve so much more. Mm -hmm. And Dennis, you're left with a very unfair burden of now dealing with the righteous anger you have, maybe hatred, the abandonment. It might be scary to get Uh into a relationship after you've been left by your father like this. So don't just stop at looking for the biblical answer, because that answer isn't sufficient to deal now with Mm -hmm. the mess your heart is left with. So I hope you'll let us help you take even that next step of then processing the emotions your father left you with so that you don't stay stuck in that inheritance that he gave you because there's more for you than that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, Dennis, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you the Emotional Freedom Workbook. And that'll just kind of help you work through some of this. I also want to invite you Mm -hmm. to the Emotional Freedom Workshop. Um, It's going to be online. You don't have to travel anywhere. You just have to have a computer or even a phone and an internet connection. And uh, if you stay on the line, we can sign you up for that. But I just want to encourage that because... As, as Alice was saying, it's important that we, get, that we start addressing the pain and begin to work through it, and we begin to confront it. The other thing is we want to we kind of build a new tribe of people or, or pull in a tribe of people, and the, these, this is our support, and the people that are reflecting back to us our value, reflecting back to us our worth, in, in the absence of whether maybe a father, a mother, or a spouse should have done that but couldn't do that. And so, but we all need that. I think that that's the thing that we we overlook. Mm-hmm. And so, Dennis, thank you so much for calling in today. We, we love you. We support you. We believe in you, and and I want you to know that deep in your heart. And we also are more fully convinced than anyone else that God is head over heels over the moon for you, despite the experiences you are encountering here with your own family. And that emotional freedom workshop that Chris brought up is happening on December 2nd, and there's still an early bird special, folks, for two more days. So please ask us about it. We want to help you get there. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Alice. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to go back to the phones. And again, if you want to give us a call, we're going to be here in the studio for a couple hours today. Um, I, I have with me this incredible wealth of wisdom and insight and help for you today. So don't let this opportunity, don't let this collection of wisdom uh, go unused. If you need it, please give us a call, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to go back to the phones. We're going to go to um, Mona, listening from Columbus, Ohio, again, on our app. So again, this is a great reminder. If you are not on a local radio station, we have YouTube, we have an app online. There's many, many different ways to catch us. So, Mona, you're there. Yes, I am. Oh, 
Well, talk to us. What's going on today? So I am married to a stonewaller, and it's just difficult when the times are down. It's total shutdown, never any explanation sometimes as to why the shutdown is. I have suspicions of what, what they think it is. And um, when they come out of the stone wall, there's never any apology. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, we're happy again. Mm-hmm. And so it's just having a mm-hmm. heavy, heavy impact on, on me. Yeah, for sure. What What is your suspicion? Usually he thinks that um, I'm having an affair or... You know, someone—it's it's something related to all of that. So he's carrying a fear and a distrust inside of him that's maybe causing him to shut down. Yes. Have you guys done any work around this? Have you got gone to couples counseling? Maybe a, read a book together? Any anything that you've done to address um, this? He tried and it didn't work because he changes the subject and he says I was not telling the truth and. He just actually shut down with a therapist was like, well, I can't help you if you're not willing. I don't think he's ready. Okay, so I have a different question for you. Do you know what his sexual behavior is like? I, I'm not sure what, what, what you're asking. Ask it again. I'll ask it very bluntly. Is he looking at porn or having an affair? I don't think so. Okay. Definitely not porn. No, I don't think so. And do you know if infidelity has touched his life at some point, even with his parents? That's a yes. And um, this is our, we are remarried, so second marriage. And I believe it was a lot in the previous, his previous marriage. Mm, and he yeah. may not have dealt with it. Now, he never told me directly. He told me he has had suspicions. But um, there's a lot of rumors. You know, we know common people that that was definitely the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you all get into arguments before the stonewalling, before he shuts down? Does he, like, no, say usually, something and then it, it just... Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No. No, no. There's never any arguments before that. It's usually he'll just make an observation and then he'll just shut down. And then every now and then when I finally get him to talk, and it could be months later, but I say, so what happened on this day? He'll be like, well, um, I was checking the cameras, and I just noticed that there was no activity for two hours. So it looked like he shut it down to do something. And I was like, what? I just went home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even look at the cameras. Or I noticed when we went to this party, you were pretty friendly with so-and-so look like you may have known him from before. I was like, um, there's our friend's husband. We're all friends together. Yeah. You know, it's just these type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mona, it sounds like your husband is carrying around his trauma. And that trauma is bleeding everywhere, right? So the pain that he's carrying on inside, and this is what trauma does, is it creates what I call a trauma template. And so it looks for it everywhere. And projects it everywhere. But this is really, really negatively impacting, obviously, your marriage and your relationship and and your own well-being as well, Mona. 
So you hear the music. We're going to go to a break here in a second. We'll come back. We're going to help you out with this issue. And again, just want to remind everyone, if you, we have just a few days left here, a little over a week in November, you give gift of any amount, we're going to send you Henry Cloud's book, Trust. It is a fantastic read. It's going to help you. And we'll be right back right after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. We're talking to Mona in Columbus, Ohio. Mona is really struggling in her marriage. Her husband is... Uh, accusing her of infidelity and and it sounds like Mona it's even in a paranoid way like he's lo- he's just trying to find evidence to make his fear a reality would that be true absolutely well said mm. and Mona when he quit counseling what did you do about counseling at the time um, I continued, but only for a few sessions because my intent really was for us to be in there, not just me. Yeah. And how extensive are his silences? How long does it last? Uh, five to seven days. Oh, but my that issue, my wrong. yeah, my my issue is more the no resolution or no explanation. And is this impacting your marriage to the extent that have you considered any extreme solutions? Is it leading you to think about separation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Mona, if you were to ask again, although it may seem like a stretch, but if you were to let your husband know, listen, I know you're scared frequently, and I I still want to learn how to better comfort you. I want to figure out with you how to do this better. Could we revisit treatment? Would he just give you a straight out no? What would he do with that? Likely no. He says that I like to psychologize everything. And if and, you were then change the subject. So if he gave a no and you were to up the ante, listen, these long periods of silence, they're not working for me. And I am feeling mm-hmm. so distressed that thoughts of separation are coming to me. And I don't want to go that route. I want us to work on this. Will you come with me? If you if you gave a stronger statement, how would he respond? He may oblige, and that's how we ended up in counseling, but he won't really do it because he wants to. And that showed when we went to counseling. Mm -hmm. It showed that he didn't want to do the work. He didn't want to be there? He didn't really want to do it. Nah. Uh Uh-uh. So he would rather live in the pain of the the imaginations that he's having right the, he's bringing up these images and telling a story um creating a narrative that you must be doing something when he does that his nervous system doesn't know it's not true so he's experiencing right. all the things he would experience if you actually were betraying him and it's right, it's right. as though he's addicted to that mm-hmm. that's right. a good he's term Jackie yeah. with it. he's very very comfortable with the separation you know, during that time, he's, you know, playing his music, he's going to the gym, you know, he seems to be pretty happy that he's let go of this person who has betrayed him. And then after, you know, several days, he'll kind of come back around. But what does that do to me in the meantime? Yeah, so Mona, I, w- I want you to respect that. I want you to respect what it does to you. Huh. I yeah. also don't want you to shut the door on the fact that 
you don't know what he's doing for these few days. And when a person goes into that shutdown mode, it's actually a freeze response to the pain. Let me tell you something. Pain needs medicated, period. So I don't know how he's medicating it, but I'm telling you it's there. And so there is actually, I think, a lot more going on. But what? But you have enough right now in your own experience. And so when we're dealing with a person who is elusive, what I find is more helpful is, is calling out the specific behavior. Like you're always psychologizing me. Okay, I won't psychologize you. I'll tell you this. When you shut down and go dark on me, my heart hurts. I get really afraid and I get really frustrated. That doesn't work for me. Here's what it means to be done that. Okay. Yeah. And then you follow through. So because that doesn't work for me, we need to work on it. Otherwise we're going to need to look at a separation. Have you asked him if he wants to be in this marriage? I think I have, or maybe not in that way. I think I said, are you unhappy? What's going on? And he said, well, what makes me unhappy is you trying to turn this around on me. So, yeah, you know, the, the, there is there is there is a lot of his behavior right now that has a ton of my red flags going up. That 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 I'm just saying that right. I think you need to do some investigative research and some therapy for yourself. Oh. Yes. You, you said that you didn't continue in therapy because you really wanted therapy to be for the two of you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to change anything about himself. And he doesn't want you pointing out the things that don't work for you. You need to take care of you. He is not going to. Yeah. And so you go to therapy and and work through what will it take for you to make choices that benefit you while in this marriage um, or whether you decide to leave it. What will it take for you? What do you need? What what? Is what has this done to you? How, mm-hmm. how are you going to heal from this? Uh, because he's telling you he doesn't want to do it. There's nothing you can do if a person's unwilling. Uh, one of the things I learned in school to be a therapist was the problem isn't a problem unless the person with the problem acknowledges it as a problem. And I think it was Professor Chris Williams who taught me that. So um, he doesn't see a problem with himself. He sees a problem with you. And I, it feels very gaslighting yes, to me yeah. as though he's he's deflecting, re- reflecting, projecting things onto you um, that are happening inside of him. Yeah. So, Mona, we're gonna we're actually going to send you the book Trust by Henry Cloud because it's going to help you understand what is trustworthy and what is not trustworthy. I also encourage, again, the Emotional Freedom Workshop for you as well. But do the hard work. Get into the details. Get into the specifics. Thank you so much for calling in, and we'll be back right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. 
Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. Again, I have just these great friends I get to hang out with today, and we get to share what we have to offer with you. So give us a call, 1-800-229-3000. And Chris, I want to leave one more thought with Mona and all the listeners that can relate, because when you've got a person in your life, spouse, family member, whoever it may be, and their behavior is crazy-making, God always gives us a way to deal with our role, our position, and the way their behavior affects us. But if we're just waiting for them to change or for them to accept therapy, they hold power over us. Mm -hmm. And so as we encourage Mona to allow us to, to get her help directly, even though he's the one with the behavior problem, but God promises he'll always make a way out for us. Yes. And separation, if that becomes necessary, it reveals the true state of a marriage, either for you to make the decision of... There's no marriage here. Mm-hmm. This has been over for a long time. Or it can motivate a person to actually have heart change. So, Mona, there is still hope. Allow us to get you that help. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That That is really, really important, Alice. Thank you for that. We're going to go back to the phones. We're going to go to Bob in Knoxville, Tennessee, listening on WRJZ. Bob, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, good afternoon. And uh, a little under the weather today, so my voice might mm-hmm. share that. Um, That's okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of that going around right now. It sure is. So it's uh, snow fun, but uh, God's in control. So it's like uh, just got to go through some of these things sometimes. So. Absolutely. Okay. What, what, I appreciate you taking my call, mm-hmm. and I was calling in regards to a statement. Uh, I'm um, kind of newer to the station as your Mr. Williams. I yes. It is. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You had made a, a statement to a previous caller that Jesus was born out of wedlock. Yes. And I want to clarify that if that's what you said. And I, I was wanting to get a definition of a biblical, you know, your biblical definition of wedlock, because uh, I, to me, that's that raises concern on my part, because I the, the, the Immaculate Conception. and Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it is God, it, you know, and, it, and from what I understand, it takes two humans to to have uh, somebody born out of wedlock. Yeah. And clearly, clearly we know that, um, you know, Jesus is God, and he was born in the flesh. For sure. And fully yeah. God, fully man. So at this point, I strongly disagree, but I don't want to be disrespectful. No, that's okay. And at the same time, I need an understanding. I would like an understanding because... If that information is incorrect or, or false in any way, I mean, the person that you're speaking to, uh, you know, it, it needs to be trustworthy, the information we're sharing, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. And and so glad that you called in and clarified this. I, these are things that I love, is that when we hear things and we're like, wait a second here, you know, what's going on? What's coming out of this person's mouth? And, and, and again, like, are they trustworthy? And the point I was making to Mona about her being born out of wedlock and the biblical, like, precedence of b- being abandoned because you were, is that... Mary and Joseph, when Jesus was born, weren't married. That's the only point I was making, is that Jesus in an earthly or a human condition 
was technically born out of wedlock, but we know that this was not obviously not outside of God's will, that God was supernaturally intervening into the situation that 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 really God and Jesus, the Father and the Son, become the central figures of the story. And, and, and for me, Bob, that that is what gives me so much hope and so much encouragement, especially during this Advent and Christmas season, is because there is not a situation. Jesus' life shows us that there is not a situation that we experience as human beings that he's not willing to put himself in the center of and bring forth his goodness, his hope, his redemption, and ultimately his eternal life. And so uh, just forgive me for going on a little bit more uh, about that because I, I do get a little bit impassioned about this because, you know, th- they were homeless technically at the time. They, they had at some point needed to flee and become political refugees escaping a genocide of, you know, children two and under being, you know, uh, you know, basically exterminated. You know, and then had to come back. So they have an immigrant story. They have a refugee story. They have, you know, they have a homeless story. They have an out of what. There's a story in it for all of us to say that God can enter into it and, and, and bring forth his life, his love, and his redemption. And, and that was really kind of the point I was trying to make. And I, I think it's important to remember that we are being shown that human aspect in that. Joseph has to be told, yes, don't, yes. don't, he, and he, honor your commitment. Yeah, don't, don't cancel the wedding. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't end the engagement. How? But he was going to because clearly she's pregnant and it's not by him. Mm-hmm. But he was going to do it quietly because there was a consequence mm, for yeah. her being pregnant, and he didn't want her to have to go through that. So, in in relationship to that previous caller, this is a. A woman who is in a situation where now the parent who had made the decision has cut her off. Yeah. And so if we're looking at it from, I think what God was doing was bringing that human aspect to us so that we can reflect on our own experiences. If we're looking at it from that aspect, it makes perfect sense. Mary was a virgin when she got pregnant, which means she wasn't. Yeah. She, she And she wasn't married. And so... That qualifies as out of wedlock. Yeah. It was previous to the wedding that that this happened, and if we we can all, we can always go back to the spirituality part that Jesus is deity. Yes, he's God, absolutely. He's that divine. doesn't change yeah. anything. Yeah. The point was that he became he came down into a human body. Yeah, he he, he set his deity aside in order to come and do that. Um, and I think that that's important. It doesn't change anything about who Jesus is or our relation. And I don't think we need to be afraid of being able to make what we experience uh, through studying the Bible applicable to our lives. That's why it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, is that helpful or is that clarifying for you? Well, respectfully, and I don't want to sound argumentative at all. That's okay. Yeah, go for uh, it. If, 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 it's, if I understand correctly now, the, when, the back when Joseph and Mary was um, alive and, you know, um, was engagement considered marriage? It was stronger than our form of yeah. engagement. Mm-hmm. It was a stronger level of mm-hmm. commitment. Mm-hmm. You're right about that, Bob. Yeah. Uh, okay, then... I, I, you know, because Joseph said that he would quietly divorce her, okay, he, uh, when he wasn't wanting to follow through. 
I still haven't. I, I, you know, I, I want to be respectful, but I, I just, to me, that's a major red flag when you stating that Jesus is born out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Wedlock is, a, 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 you know, and it, to a lot of people, and even some biblical aspects of it, wedlock is a sin. Um, Jesus wasn't born out of sin, through sin, any type of sin. He came and took the sin of all those who were born out of wedlock mm-hmm. and come to him. And so at this point, I was born again November 3rd, 1991, mm-hmm. um, 61 today. Um, I, I just, I, I, that's really, really, to me, that's kind of a dangerous thing to say. And it may be my lack of definition, but I don't believe so. Um, that's why I was asking you what your definition is. You yeah. Know, not what your theory is, but what is your definition of wedlock? Is it two humans, or can it be God and a human? Could it be, what is wedlock? Well, it's... That you, it, that you can define Jesus being it, it's, born by. It, yeah, I'd just say it's two people who have officially and formally... Um, committed their lives to each other, usually marked by a ceremony, and that's just not something that had happened yet in the story. And and I don't believe any of it is sin whatsoever, because you know there was an immaculate conception that we believe that God intervened here. Joseph wasn't to be part of that conception. God the Father needed, you know, God the the, the deity needed to be part of that. And so so Bob, I what I want what I want to clarify here. I am not here by any stretch of the imagination to cause anyone else to stumble. Like, if my definition doesn't work for you, I am really, really okay with that. You know, and and I'm okay if, you know, uh, if someone understands that differently. I'm even okay if I misunderstand it. You know, what what the heart of it for me, what my non-compromising thing is as a Christian is that, yeah, Jesus came to this earth in this remarkable way to come into every one of our circumstances to rescue humanity, as you said, from, from our own sin and from our own um, destructive places. And so uh, how that happens, which is kind of wild at times, kind of crazy at times, but, it, but absolutely, uh, you know, Jesus being without sin, the Father being without sin, you know, happens in, in a way in which he's designed and created. And so don't want to get too caught up in nuances, but I also don't want to cause anyone to st- stumble. So with that said, Bob, I am so, so grateful that you have called in. We're going to send you the Life Recovery Bible, and it's just such a rich, rich resource. And um, and yeah, and I hope that, that you would enjoy that and wishing you a great, great holiday season. Merry Christmas as you enter into the Advent story. We'll be right back. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. So glad that you're with us and joining us today. And we're going to go right back to the phones and we are going to go to Tam in Rock Hill, South Carolina, listening on NRB. So Tam, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, what's going on today? How can we help you? Hi. Um, I have a question. I, uh, I recently, back in the, uh, the beginning of June, 
I had to uh, take in my 14-year-old granddaughter, who uh, for the last two years had uh, got involved in playing some other things with, you know, while she was with my daughter, and things got a little hectic, so I had to bring her and let her stay with me. Um, she had to go back because she, of course, she uh, she didn't like it with me. I wasn't Bible beating her over the head, but it was basically her trying to get things out of me because her birthday was in June, and of course, I gave her everything she wanted, and when she got that, she went back. And then another situation happened where, you know, some altercation happened where she called me, had to go get her. And, um, you know, so I'm trying to talk to her, not Bible beating over the head, but also letting her know that, you know, God does love you the way you are, but he doesn't want you to stay the way you mm. are. Mm -hmm. And as addressing the situation with her use of marijuana, you know, I let her know that even though it didn't start while you were with me, you know, uh, I had offered to get her help, you know, through one of the recovery situations here. Um, and, uh, and also letting her know that, you know, you're, she's only 14. Yeah. And I let her know that, you know, hey, you know, I know you think this is the only thing you're doing right now, but it will lead to you wanting to do something else because you're going to want a, from what I've heard, because I've never done drugs in my life, and that's only thanks mm -hmm. to the grace of God, uh, that it always leads to another wanting something better to get high. Mm -hmm. But recently, um, you know, she's been very deceptive. Uh, you know, I've asked her, well, how are your grades? Yeah. It's always, I'm passing. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, well, where's the report card? Oh, they're not ready yet. So, so Tim, so let, me, let me jump in really quickly. It sounds like your granddaughter has mm -hmm. lived a very, very chaotic and maybe pained life. Would that be accurate? She has, because I hate to say my daughter has had some trauma in her life yeah. also, uh, and she's taking it out on her children. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was trying to not uh, be too preachy with my granddaughter, yeah, for sure. for but sure. also letting her know the truth. You know, God, God wants you to... You know, be better and do better, but he loves you the way you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. So, but I also so Tam, let me, let me jump in real quickly here because we're coming up against the uh, end of the show. So is there a question for us that we can help you with today? Oh, yes. Well, the question is, just, just, uh, so I had to uh, let her go back again this past week because she was very deceptive uh -huh. after I bought her an iPhone. My question is, I know God doesn't tell us, well, I'll help you if you prove to me you're going to do better. That's true. She recently just texted. She just texted, Grandma, I'm so sorry. Why did you bring all my stuff back? I really appreciate now as all this. I appreciate everything you've done. For sure. My question is, should I hold her to some kind of standard to say, you have to prove to me that you are doing better as far as your grades passing because she lied about that. She wasn't passing in her grades. And just, just she just outright, she just outright disregarded a a thing that I asked her to for, do just for sure, yeah. disregarded Tam, it. Tam, is she so, asking yeah. is she asking to come back to your home? She she wants to come back, yeah, because she was like, well, why did you bring all my stuff back? And and, and Tam, just, what 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 I would could, be what would be a requirement for you to know that it might be safe enough or stable enough to have her back in your home? What would you need for her to show you it, or to it be would willing be to do? me uh, her 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 passing her grades. How and, can you uh, check on her grades? Do, do you guys have well, a system where you have, like, a parent portal? Yes, they have a parent portal. 
And also, uh, I had also just recently called one of the, um, like, Keystone is one of the substance abuse programs they yeah. have here in Rock Hill. Uh-huh. And I had just, even though I'm not the guardian, I had just talked with one of the uh, counselors at her school that works at Keystone. Would that be a requirement uh, for her to go to yes, Keystone? That would be to, to just to, just to even, I don't know if she wants, and just to learn how to, if she, because she, she says she wants to stop. Tam. But Tam. I guess she can't do it on her own. So Tam. I was trying to get her, like, go and talk to someone. Tam. Yes. You, she's 14. Hello? She's hello? She, hello. Can you hear me? Yes. She's 14, smoking weed and lying. Stop asking her what she wants. If she, you want her to if you want her to come back, what will that look like? The, the I think one of the sad things that I'm hearing is the chaos isn't just with her. It, the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth is chaotic. When you bring her, is this home or isn't it? If every time she disappoints or does something wrong, she's going to go back to mom, it's the exact same experience. And so you have to decide, are you going to try to get guardianship and raise this child? And if so, put parameters in place, put standards in place, and then stand by those things. And if you're not doing that, or if she's not living up to the standards that you're setting, then there there's a consequence. But the consequence being, I'm going to send you away again, isn't working. And, and okay. Tam, it is, it is, first time I, uh, yeah. it is necessary for you to know what the standards are for your home and for her to know so she can decide whether or not she wants to strive to abide by them. You make me think of Joshua where he said, as, as for me and my household, we're serving the Lord. And so to expect that she'll be involved in drug counseling, that there might be random drug testing, and you expect that she'll be testing clean if she wants to live in your home, and that she's participating in school, that she's working for the grades that she can achieve, those are good expectations to have and to be clear about before you both decide whether or not she'll come back to your house. And, and Tim, I'm going to take it in a little bit different direction, because um, I actually think your, your granddaughter is in tremendous crisis and is in much graver danger, or maybe as much as you fear. I hear the fear and chaos in your own voice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, focusing on the grades is like focusing on the chairs of the, on the deck of the Titanic, right? And it's not to say that that isn't a standard. It's not to say, and, and not, not to contradict, you know, Alice at all here. It's like we want her to be able to show up and, and do what she needs to do in her daily life. And perform those tasks. But there is something going on on the inside of her that if that is not addressed, she will continue to act out in destructive ways the rest of her life. And so to that point, living with you and being in your home and intervening and doing everything you can to get her into this treatment program, get her into trauma therapy, get her into the help that she needs. And what I would highly suggest for you, Tam, is because I hear it in your voice. I hear it in the way you're, you're talking. It is fast. It is furious. It is full of fear and chaos itself. And it makes sense because your, your daughter and your granddaughter are in danger and, and you're trying to figure out what to do about it. I want you to get into counsel as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- this treatment program, see if they have a family program. Good treatment centers will have and programs will have family support. And that, w- that will be a place for you to 
to get support, to know you're not alone, but also to get wise counsel and direction on what to do. Because with your granddaughter, there is not a short solution here. It's going to be a long-term solution. It's going to have to play the long game here. And you said your daughter experienced trauma. So trauma can be generational and we're passing it down. And so you getting this help and saying to your granddaughter, we're going to counseling. Yeah. We're going to break this. We're going to deal with this. We're going to be in studio for another hour. It's 1-800-229-3000. We're also going to send Tam the Life Recovery Bible and Take Your Life Back. Thank you for being with us today, and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.